so when I was a teenager, I was interested in spirituality mm-hmm. and I, um, I grew up in a sort of Christian culture, obviously, and I became interested in the mystical side of it. And then when I was about 16, I drifted away from that, uh, from the Christian context, because it didn't seem to be kind of giving me what I was looking for. And I started reading about other religions. This was in the 60s and got interested in enlightenment Mm -hmm. and uh, all of that stuff. And so when I was 17, I went to the London Buddhist Society summer school with my brother. And uh, that was in the south. We were living in the north. We were were from the north of England. And uh, there I met Douglas Harding completely by chance. I didn't know of him at all. And he uh, showed me who I really was. Mm -hmm. He did the experiments. He uh, got us to point and that kind of thing. And uh, that was what I was looking for. Uh, So it made a a big impression on me. And I, you know, it didn't, uh, it wasn't something that I was not thinking about. I was thinking about it, but it was really lucky for me that I came across him. And so it was later that year that I went and visited him at his house with my brother and my mother. And, um, and really, that, that was the beginning of a long friendship and uh, involvement in, uh, in his work and supporting him and uh, continuing to do that now. And what did your brother and your mother find? My brother uh, got into it as much as I do, did. He, he, he's still, uh, still the same. And my mother, she was impressed uh, and she took it on board. Although my father was not interested. And I think that it's quite hard to keep the awareness going if you don't have the support around you of a community of friends who are also practicing it. You, you, you get distracted, you, f- you forget about it. Uh, you're not, uh, it's not on the front burner. So whenever I talked to my mother about it, she was quite, you know, she was clear about it. But, um, you know, I didn't see her that, that much, I suppose. And uh, so I think that just shows how important it is to have uh, a support system around you not essential, but uh, that's what I did. When I got to know Douglas, he always said, come and visit to anyone who was interested as a friend. And he had a, he was an architect and he built a second house and we used to use that second house. It wasn't a very big place, but that was where we all met. You know, you could go any weekend and there'd be always mm-hmm. someone there or even in the week. And so, Right from uh, being a teenager, I made friends that I am still friends with uh, many years later. And uh, we all had the seeing in common. And it was non-hierarchical because anyone can see their true nature. And it was very supportive and and a learning experience for all of us, working out what we found and how to live from it, really. Mm. And uh, I... I was particularly interested in sharing it 
most people are not and and it, it's it was just my personal interest i i thought to myself this is an amazing breakthrough in terms of communicating your true nature without having to join a club or follow a leader or believe in anything you you just look and you pay attention and you're your own authority so i just thought wow this is fantastic and what an opportunity to use these experiments and uh, and share the seeing and douglas was he was uh, 24/7 all about seeing who you really are and uh, sharing it so i took that on board and uh, i was i uh, the way it developed was the one, i was the one that took up the flame really mm. and um, we set up uh, a charity i set up a charity 20 25 years ago and we've got a website and a youtube you know and we one of my goals was to make all of douglas's books available for you know to buy on amazon in the end and uh, that's been quite a big job but we've got a lot of good support people volunteering to help and we've done a huge amount of it so that was one of the goals and uh, just to make the experiments available yeah i think that's um a, a great and kind of rare thing to find a, such a strong purpose in a practice um so then you sort of have that meaning from uh a, a practice that you believe in plus the community around it uh a lot of these um a lot of the mindfulness and meditation can feel a little bit solitary and one of the things that i uh, really enjoyed about the session with you was how fun it is and how much joy people get and almost always start laughing when they um do it oh yeah the, the it's very different from a solitary meditation practice with your eyes closed usually mm, where right. you retreat in, yeah you retreat into a quiet place this is the opposite this is out there in piccadilly circus this is noticing your face to no face with others this is noticing that you are space for the world uh, it, not retreating but seeing you're empty for the world is engagement mm. and uh yeah and it's and because you get it right from the beginning and you can't not get it and there's no advancement in the nothing there's advancement in understanding but the main thing is seeing that your space and you can't get any better at that you just have to enjoy it and this means that there is there isn't this kind of program that you you know daily following and hoping to get along a bit further and you know right. are they doing it better than me and shall i go on a retreat to deep you know all of that mm -hmm. goes out the window in a way because you you've got it and it's simple and available you've got to live it but living it is you know becomes more of a sort of enjoyment than a task you know yeah yeah um what do you think um because you've introduced so many people to the practice for the first time um 
what's the biggest obstacle to people seeing it? Well, there isn't any obstacle to seeing it. You can't see your head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess the, maybe it's the, what, um, the people seeing the value or not seeing the value of it. That's it. Yeah. And uh, everyone is different. And I can't predict who will value it and who won't. Mm. And it's not really my business. I'm, I will share it, but I just get on with it myself. But I suppose, uh, it, I haven't really thought of it like that, but the biggest obstacle would be if someone just wasn't interested. Right. But, but that is, to, that in my view, is completely valid. You know, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I think that's amazing that you wouldn't be interested in it. That, that's almost more <laughs> interesting than someone who goes, wow, you know, I, someone who says, no, you know, uh, of course, um, you know, you could say there's lots of other reasons, but uh, if I am, I usually only share it if I'm invited to. Mm. In a workshop, I've been invited, so I, I, I don't have the brakes on. But normally, I, I wouldn't just talk to someone about it. Uh, you know, that would be unusual unless it was called for. And if someone does ask about it, and I, I usually share the experience straight away, because what's the point of talking about it if you can have the experience and then talk from the experience? So I say, well, notice you can't see your head. Instead, you see, you know, my face. We're face to no face. You're looking out of an open space. And if I notice that they, they're not interested, I, I just back off. There's no point. You know, yeah. so I, I, re, I, respe, I respect people's uh, reactions in, in that way. Um, can you talk a little bit about your work as... A therapist then and what you've learned from that and any connections you've drawn between that and the headless practice yes uh, I guess when did you decide to become a yes well well I met Douglas Harding in 1970 mm. and then around about 1977 or 8 I just took a step back in a way, uh, not from the experience, but I just needed to, I'd, I was very, very involved, uh, helping with all the projects, all the workshops, go, oh. you know, and I needed just a step back to have some space for myself personally. And at the same time, I, I, got, I, I uh, got interested in Buddhist meditation okay. and I went on a retreat. Uh, and I found it rather good because it just gave me time to be quiet and still. And I went to live at the meditation center, it was in England, and they asked me to train uh, after a few months to lead retreats. <laughs> and I was there four years, and I led 10-day retreats, one after the other. And uh, it was a fantastic experience. Now, I was in a, a good position position because I was already seeing who I was so basically meditation for me was just enjoying being the space for the world but mm -hmm. I could see that others were rather confused because they were trying to get to it through sitting and mm -hmm. I don't know how you do that I mean it is just total good luck if you somehow do and you usually people 
have the experience and then don't know how to get back to it and spend the rest of their time mm -hmm. trying to get back to it. And I was in a bit of a difficult position because I was leading Vipassana retreats. So I would introduce the headless way, but I, it wasn't a headless way thing. So anyway, it was a really valuable time to uh, just to be still and quiet uh, uh, and with the seeing. But when, I, when that finished, um, I didn't know what to do. I, I, you know, I'd gone there, I, I, I didn't have a job. And uh, I thought, well, what, you know what you want to do in your life, Richard, which is share the headless way, but you don't really have the opportunity to do that because Douglas Harding is doing every, anyone who wanted a workshop would contact Douglas Harding, of course. You know, I didn't have a problem with that, but there was nothing for me to do in a way. Uh, in, in much of a way uh, and I thought well in a way how can I prepare myself for when there is time mm. for me you know an opportunity for me and a friend I came to back to London uh, after this four years at this meditation center in the Fens and I met a friend who was training in psychotherapy and at the meditation center someone had looked at my books on my bookshelf and seeing they were all about meditation and she said you don't have anything on therapy and I thought therapy therapy and when I got to London and met this friend who was training I thought that's what you need to do to find out what that world is all about because mm. if you understand it that'll help you because you can speak that language you can help you communicate about your true nature so I I just signed up with the same course that she was doing in North London and uh, it was a three-year training. I did it and at the end, and it, it, was, it was good, but it wasn't about the headless way, it was, mm -hmm. you know, it was about therapy. And, um, but at the end of it, I realized, oh, well, you've got a qualification here because, I mean, you've, I went to Cambridge, but I studied history. I wasn't going to teach history. And um, so I started practicing and uh, then got into running groups. I'd run lots of groups now at the meditation center. So I had a lot of experience and um, I ran a therapy group for 15 years. One therapy group. Every week I, I ran that group and I was running another at the same time. It was all private. But anyway, over the years, I... I worked out my relationship, just as I worked out my relationship with meditation from the point of view of seeing, I worked out my relationship with therapy, which was that, quite practical really, people generally have not come for the headless way. They've mm -hmm. come because they're bereaved or they're ill or they're angry. They've not come for seeing who you are. So it's not my job. I'm not being invited. but it is where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. So when the person walks in the room, I am face to no face with them. I'm space with them. Their voice is my own. I understand that they're living from the openness like I am, but they don't know it. But that means that I can empathize more deeply because I kind of place myself where they are. Uh, one of the main conditions for good therapy is trust. If you haven't got person's trust, nothing will happen. And when you are seeing who you are, it's basically a welcoming 
position because mm. you're built open. So uh, you don't have to say anything. That, that is a sort of welcoming, friendly uh, attitude in a way, if you, if you want to put it like that. Of course, um, I also, Douglas Harding did work on where seeing who you really are fits in in terms of personal development. So the baby, the child, the adult, and the seer <laughs> is his map. Uh, but I thought a lot about that and, and uh, kind of worked out my own way of thinking about it under his umbrella. But, you know, you have to work these things out for yourself. So, uh, you know, in terms of theories of personal development, I've got a, a good understanding of how, you know, where headlessness fits in, as it were. Yeah. It must have been but, difficult not um, to be tempted to use the headless way as a tool for therapy. I mean, obviously it made you a better therapist, but um, to encourage people to be less conscious of themselves. Yes. I, I believe that in the future it will be. Hmm. But uh, just as at the beginning when... Uh, someone like Jung came along with his uh, you know, ideas uh, after Freud about the, the unconscious. To begin with, that, that was not part of normal therapy as, as much as there was therapy, but it's become standard. So, and things like TA or you know, those things, it, it takes time. And it'd be very odd if, if the headless way didn't uh, become used because it's so effective and uh, and true but it's just uh, way ahead of its time in a way and uh, i just had to respect that my clients were not interested or hadn't come for that and uh, i couldn't um, especially when i was working for an eap employment assistance program you just get six sessions which i love i um, i became very good at it uh, but um, you haven't been invited to share the headless way. It would sound as if, you know, if you if you started, if I started sharing the headless way in a therapy session, from the outside, it would it would be like someone say, "Well, I think we need to get on our knees and pray to Jesus." Yeah, you know, it would be like that therapist's thing, uh, and uh, so, however appropriate it is deep down it's not appropriate as uh, in that way so anyway I, I didn't mind I, I was quite happy just to you know because you can people are living from it even mm. though they don't know it everyone's living from this uh, and uh, so you can you, you can sort of talk in their language about it uh, without having to talk about headlessness yeah. Um, do you ever feel like you're doing therapy when you're teaching the headless way? Of course. Yeah. yeah. If therapy is healing, yes, yes. This is the the uh, this is profound healing, isn't it? I mean, the the basic uh, split healing is bringing you know s split parts together, if you like healing a wound the, the the basic wound is between the self and the world 
ourselves or the mm -hmm. self and other. And when you see who you are, you see you're built open, your space for the world, there's no dividing line. That is healing. Yeah. yeah. I certainly felt that way. Um, I like that uh, visual as well. That makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, let me think. So have you, have there been any um, big challenges for you in terms of promoting the headless way or working with people? Has it mainly been just? Well, I, I think, um, I think you learn as you go along. And I learned a lot from Douglas Harding. Hmm. And he learned a lot as he went along. Uh, he first saw that he was headless in 1943. And he didn't share it until 1964. That is 21 years on his own, uh, thinking that he would never share it. And uh, I, I think that that was, uh, you know, he, he he drew the the meaning out of that. Uh, you know, he he didn't complain. He, that was what was given. But when he started to share it, he began to realize how infectious it is. In other words, it's a social thing. And he, because he built this second house. He then had a place where people could come because his wife wasn't interested in, in it. So he couldn't really comfortably invite them to their main house. But this uh, house uh, meant that people could meet. And he, I believe, he saw how powerful it was to be with others, how inspiring, how it is a demonstration that everyone's got it, that you can't not get it, that it's non-hierarchical, but everyone responds differently. And the nature of uh, the experience is it's social, face to no face. Mm -hmm. That is social. You know, that's not you sitting on your own, becoming enlightened on your own. That is you with others, seeing that their face is yours and, you know, you, they have yours, you know, trade faces. And um, he also was very keen on encouraging people to, if, they, if you went to a workshop with Douglas, usually he would ask you to lead an experiment. Okay. Now, he, part, he, he would do that partly so that people in the audience, as it were, could see it wasn't just Douglas who got it, but also, he, I think, recognized that when you start to share it and use your voice and express it and communicate it, you learn. Hmm. It's like they say, if you want to learn, teach. You know, if you want to learn, communicate. And uh, so part of, I have taken on board those ideas uh, that, uh, it is really, you see, when you grow up and you get your head on, this is the developmental bit, the way you get your head on is everyone gives you it. Everyone tells you, right. you know, that's you in the mirror, that we can see you. You don't think it up yourself. You get it from everyone around you. You, you you've no idea what you look like until people start to tell you and show you, <coughs> the, excuse me, the mirror. So it's a social thing. 
and it's 24-7. You, as you're growing up, up, you don't have any respite, relief from that. It's 24-7. You are what you look like. So you take it on and you do it back. You know, you, 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 as you're growing up, you learn to, to identify others, you see. And if you uh, then want to get into being aware of who you really are all the time, well, hang out with others because if they're doing it, you're going to get it and you're going to give it, right? It's the same mechanism. It's not some obscure, esoteric, strange, mystical thing that lands on you. It is completely common sense. You know, you get your head on through society and society helps you get your head off, you know, God willing. Yeah. Uh, so um, that's why uh, we, I've set up the Zoom meetings. We have seven or eight Zoom meetings a week. Today we had one. Wednesday we had one. We had 30 people, 25, 26 people. And that is more or less averaging out now. Uh, and with the coronavirus thing where people are stuck at home, it's, I think it's going up. Mm. But anyway, uh, those groups have been running for 10 years. And so what happens is that people make friendships. Right. Make friendships. They become actual is, other that, communities. Yeah. That is based on seeing who you are. It's mm. what we've got in common. It, and really, you see, when you grow up and get your head on, you learn a language that supports that idea. I means Richard. You know, I, you... I'm going down the road. I, I as an object are going down the road. And when you wake up to who you are, what, uh, what happens, uh, what is happening is that a language is developing to articulate this. I am face to no face with you. I'm still in the room. The street moves through me. I am, I've got a single eye. I'm empty for the world. Uh, I am you. All, all this is a language that articulates the first person singular point of view, as opposed to the third person. So uh, it's not either or, it's both. And when people meet, and what happens is that in a meeting where we're meeting because we all are valuing who we really are, we are developing learning to communicate about it and once you get a, a language going uh, then uh, it is really a kind of settling in and deepening into the society so this is a long-term project but um, certainly uh, with the internet it means that people can meet very easily whereas in the past you'd have to physically physically go you know to to a location so it's all moving forwards have you um noticed a growing interest in i know just generally there seems to be um more media attention at least around mindfulness self-awareness well-being um have you experienced a surge of interest in headless way? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's growing all the time, but uh, it has little spikes. For example, <laughs> the conversation that I had with Sam Harris—that spike. We our our website is normally about nine thousand unique visitors a week, 
and just in the week, couple of weeks, well, three weeks after that conversation went out, it went up to probably 15, 20,000. Wow. Now it's back, to, back down to nine, right? Sure. Uh, but um, so uh, there are, but generally it, it, there's, there's, uh, it's getting known. And the thing is that it is very infectious because it's so easy to get. You, you know, you don't have to, you don't really have to understand much. You, you, you look for your head and you can't see your head. Instead, you see the world. You're looking out of a single eye. I'm speaking, my voice is coming out of nowhere. Uh, this, is, this is the way it is. Mm. You know, it, it's not trying to change anything. It's just being aware of who you really are privately and valuing it. And uh, the, the power of being with friends is that you get infected by other people who value it in their way. And you think, wow, that, that's true. Or, yeah, no, I get that. Or, God, I hadn't thought of that. Or, you know, we've all got the experience. But so the, uh, it's like anything like this. You know, it, it's, uh, it, 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 well, anyway, the way this is, has happened, it, it's taken a long time, I suppose. Mm. In, our, in terms of our lives, uh, I've been with it all my life. And, but we always knew, Douglas Harding was, was so well read and so deep, deep thinker and uh, you know, knew history. He could see, you know, he understood that these things take time. Take time. Mm. Yeah, if they're, they're not an overnight mushroom kind of thing. They're from the grassroots up. But that's very strong, you see. And it is strong because people are not reliant on an authority outside themselves, mm. a teacher or a book or an organization. So, so and, and they're very, once you get it, that there's no hierarchy, no leader, you become very protective of that because it is so unusual. And the thing about the Zoom groups that often people say is, what is really special about these groups is it's non-hierarchical. I'll be there, but I'm not there as someone who knows something that others don't mm. in a fundamental way. You know, I have experience, but everyone, you know, I'm a beginner in that sense. I'm there to learn and to, you know, because we haven't been here before in terms of really having a community. Well, there was a community of Sears around Douglas. I mean, he started something from, from himself. And, uh, and he traveled a lot and he was always very friendly and very inviting and very encouraging. Uh, you've got it, you know, you've got it, you've got it. You don't have to come back, but if you want to come back as a friend. And people loved that and mm. they loved him for that. And so he made many friends around the world and I'm still in touch with a lot of them, yeah. Um, it does seem to me that people are quite hungry for meaning and as well as a sense of community because it can, I guess, just the nature of technology and some people's work, um, you can feel quite isolated. Um, so I think that's why this practice is attractive. Um, have you noticed a difference in people uh who've come like say maybe when you started to now and what they're looking for or do you just not talk about that stuff in 
Well, I am interested in, in what people want. And I'll, in a workshop at the beginning, I'll, I'll, mm. I'll ask people. And, and uh, I want it to be a dialogue, not just me talking. But in a, in a short workshop, I have to take that role because I, otherwise we just have a chat. You know, so yeah. I, I need to lead and share experiments. But in the Zoom groups, there's much more time. And people, you know, over the years, we, we get to know each other. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, everyone is different. So, mm. you know, I mean, what interests you? <laughs> um, well, I was just wondering if, it, if, if like a more distracted lifestyle made it harder for people to, um, to see. Because no, it doesn't. No, no. You, you can't see your head. What's difficult about that? Uh, <laughs> it's it's so simple. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Well, you see, there you go. You see, that's one reason why people might dismiss it because it's yeah. so simple. It's ridiculous, but it is simple. It's I ridiculously mean, simple. Yeah, I I um I became interested because um I felt like I had as you said, with something like meditation, um, spent a long time trying to uh, occasionally get a glimpse of this state where I felt like I was totally part of my surroundings. And and how often did you manage that? Right. <laughs> Maybe once. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes you occasionally feel it when you're in a state of awe in nature or something. But then as soon as I did the headless um, exercise, uh, it was so clear immediately. And it felt like I can access this yeah. at any time when I'm feeling weighed down by everything around me. Yes. Um, yeah. And that um, people, if I um, am feeling uncomfortable with the people around me or closed in, it helps me feel like yes. Room enough for everyone. Um, yes, well put. You see. Yeah. No. It's uh, and I just also found it interesting that um, you were so struck by it that you um, have really made it your mission to share that. I think it's it's just a great thing to do. Um, I was already sort of committed to that before I even met Douglas. Okay. It, it, I was already uh, somehow committed to the mystery. Right. Uh, I'd somehow heard it. Yeah. I, when I was about nine. <laughs> That's so unusual. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I suddenly tasted the mystery and I, and I thought that is, that's what, that interests me far more than any particular thing. That, that mystery of where we came from and where we're going, mm. you know, uh, uh, the great mystery. Uh, and uh, so from that moment, it, it was, uh, I said to Sam Harris in the conversation, it, it was when I was about nine, I was at boarding school in Yorkshire and the headmaster was a Christian. He was a religious man, but he was very open-minded. He, he wasn't dogmatic and he, he it was, there was, there was a deep love in him and it, uh, it was experiential. It, it, you know, there were others who were just saying the words, but mm -hmm. he wasn't. 
and he gave a sermon one evening and he he i told this you probably remember it from the conversation yeah I, he told a story that the venerable Bede told the venerable Bede was i don't know ninth century up in northumbria and he told this story where the, the the local lord was having a big feast it, it it was winter and there was a big fire and all his you know kind of people were there in the hall and in through a, a window uh, an open window flew a sparrow flew across through the light now another window out from the dark into the dark and the venerable bead said you know that is a metaphor for our lives mm. and i thought i thought where did that sparrow come from Whoa. <laughs> and where did it go that it wasn't what was happening in the hall that really grabbed my attention it was where did that you know so that fired my interest and that really is you know uh, where the headless way fits in it allowed me to um, you've disappeared. Yeah, sorry, I'm still here. Um, you've gone out the window. Yeah, the internet was um, playing up a bit, so I'll just come in. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Um, the headless. So that hey. sounds like quite. Um, sorry. You need to. Oh, there you are. Okay. okay. So the headless way came along, you know, eight years later for me. But enabled, you know, it, it, Douglas was pointing at the same thing, but mm -hmm. had a way, you know, had these, this fantastic breakthrough. Yeah. Which he'd only, he, he, you know, he'd, he'd only recently developed the experiments when I met him. And it was very exciting. And he was excited and he was on fire because he'd found this way of, of sharing. And it was true. And he'd, he'd, he'd worked it out. And you know. found the community, I guess, to help him do it rather than feeling like he was alone in well he started talking the community began partly because he started teaching comparative religion to adult education locally and he had done a huge amount he had written a book uh, religions of the world that was commissioned for schools so mm. and the headless way was in that at the end as a scientific path oh okay and when he uh, was doing these comparative religion classes to you know adult education anyone interested in the headless way he would say come back and visit so very slowly gradually a community of people who were interested you know, he just talked to people and he shared it. And he was the per person, kind of person who, you know, he said, come and visit. He was a great host, you know, he was very generous. So, yeah, so, and and obviously he understood and, and as he went along the power of community, but it, it arose organically. It wasn't, a, as far as I understand, it wasn't a kind of program or right. plan. Right, you know? yeah as you said yours isn't necessarily um with the trust or do you have sorry a, with the trust um that sort of just developed over time well yeah the we tried to um create a trust in the 70s and it was not accepted by the charity commission 
Okay. So then I tried in the in 1996, got refused, then talked to uh, a friend who had a, the Ramana Maharshi charity, talked to the solicitor, it was given the solicitor who helped them get charitable status, and he he helped me, you know, he managed it really. Okay. Um, he knew the guy who'd said no to me at the charity commission. He, he had worked with him and went and talked to him and persuaded the guy to say yes. It was so lucky. Yeah. Uh, but it has been great because to have a structure like that, that is not me personally, you know, it's not a business, it's a charity, just uh, is the right way to go for us, you know. Yeah. Um, can you tell me any stories of um, just some personal experiences that you've witnessed of people's journeys with headlessness? Oh, well, I, I have, a, you know, I'm sure. Many. <laughs> I mean, it is yeah. so often a bit like what you were saying. It is so often people will say that uh, they've been meditating for years and got nowhere. And suddenly, headless way, got it, you know. And um, you get, uh, you know, stories now, those people, they can read the scriptures and understand them. Whereas before, they were, you know, right. reading and trying to work well, it out. Okay. But when you've got the experience, it's crystal clear, really. Um, um, it, 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 let me just say that... It is one of the great pleasures of sharing the headless way is that, I mean, like you, people's reactions are so dramatic and sudden <laughs> and a light goes on. I can't think of any other path where that happens, you know? Uh, oh, well, just sit for 10 years, you know? I mean, uh, when you, it, again and again, and I get emails, you know, all the time of people saying, wow, wow. Now that is just, I mean, it's, it's not, it's kind of normal for me now, but it's still fantastic. And you go to a workshop and people, you saw it, you know, people's lights go on. There's a guy called Steve and I just put his little video he made on our YouTube channel. It's there now. And, uh, he came to the workshops at the Psychedelic Society and he came all the way from Cheltenham. Okay. And he usually had to go back a bit early with his, uh, yeah, he had to go back a bit early, you know, because it was such a journey. But he were, and he emailed me telling me he'd just made this little video of two experiments. And he said, uh, you know, meeting you, my world has turned upside down and inside out in the best way possible. And of course, I know exactly what he means, you know, it literally, you're, you're not in the world, the world is in you. Mm. Now, uh, so, uh, yeah, all the time, uh, I, I, it is just such a pleasure. And, and I think, you know, I, I sort of almost pity other spiritual teachers, you know. <laughs> they I, don't I, get the, the payoff quite as <laughs> often, probably. I, I, I talked to someone, who you know, fairly recently, who'd got in touch with a spiritual teacher and, and asked, you know, he was suffering problems with self-consciousness and asked advice from the spiritual teacher. And the spiritual teacher said, well, sit opposite a wall saying a koan. 
Well, he tried it for two weeks and, you know, that yeah. was enough of that, you know. So, uh, so you think, what are these people doing? <laughs> yeah, I think it's certainly, I mean, I've known people who've done um, like the the meditation centers and the, the silent retreats who have gotten something out of it, but it never feels quite as profound or obvious. Like it, it was an important experience for them, but maybe not in the revelation sense, more of a self, self, a sense of self-discipline or that right. they were really shaking themselves out of their daily routine and it maybe gave them a new perspective, but it doesn't feel like I've found the key to transcendence. And that's kind of what they're the headless way. I mean, you know, it, it is like so direct is is is, is i wonder is how that translates into people's sense of self-identity and purpose um okay so i think you, you when you see who you are you're home and dry but it's the beginning of the rest of your life with it and you've got mm -hmm. to just as when you get your head on you've got a lot to work out to find out who you are as a person. You know, your name, your age, where you live, how to walk, how to talk, you know, how to, you know, operate at school. You, you know, you, it's a huge learning curve. Um, and when you see who you are, you're home and dry, you've got it, but there's a, there's a learning curve as well. Mm. Uh, which, and one of the, the learning curves is all right, I see who I am, but what about Richard or you know, what about Lauren? I mean, how does, how does who I thought I was fit in with this awareness that I'm space for everything? And uh, in my experience, uh, you see, there is a kind of idea in spiritual circles that you've got to get rid of yourself or something. Mm like that, you know, or surrender or let go or disappear. I don't know, you know, the ego mm -hmm. is a problem. And uh, what I have found out is that um, having an ego is brilliant. Uh, you, there's nothing wrong with it at all. It does not, for a start, does not get in the way of seeing your headlessness because I'm seeing my head is out there. It's not here, you see. And uh, anyway, you can't get rid of it. You can't. So, right. I mean, it, 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 you're, if you feel self-conscious or separate, does that stop you seeing the space? No. No. It, but the, it, it idea, I, the ideal, I guess, is that you feel part of the space around you, which means that you're... Yeah, but you won't 24-7. Yeah. I know no, this, so, this is the temptation is I was so yes. excited with headlessness is you want to try it everywhere all the time. Well, you um, can, you can, yeah. but that's what the learning curve is. You realize that it doesn't produce the feeling of oneness all the time. Mm -mm. And, bec and you have to work out that the seeing is not a feeling. Right. right. Okay. You, have this, you can see you've no head, but, but you might not feel one. And people think that when you see who you are, you feel one all the time. Mm. And you, you work out, you realize through experience, if you're being honest, that you don't. Uh, and that is life. And life is a, the view out 
is a continual seesaw between yes and no, up and down, feeling one, feeling separate. And it'll always be like that. But you're looking from this place that is not separate. Mm -hmm. So so the space uh, has, uh, you know, within the space, you feel all these different things. And uh, that's part of the learning curve that uh, it doesn't solve all your problems and it doesn't make you feel one all the time. But you can still see who you are at will, anywhere, anytime, mm. and that's the that you realize that's the, the 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 blessing of it. It's not dependent on how you feel. <clears throat> um, I guess that is maybe something that you've learned over time. Is there anything that um, any sort of big lessons you've taken um, from the journey from when you were? Well, that is a big one. That is a big one because uh, I, I, the the feeling of being separate or self-conscious or anxious is not nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, particularly, you know, like, uh, I mean, the situation today, but, but um, it's something that, you know, one doesn't wish for and doesn't want. Um, and I, in my life, uh, had to come to terms with the fact, um, and I have to come to terms with it again and again, but um, I had this idea, uh, hope, that I would lose my awkward self-consciousness or my feeling of separateness. And I thought, if I see who I am enough, you know, that it'll go. And it didn't and it mm-hmm. hasn't and uh i now uh you know as understand i don't or you know I, I accept sometimes and i resist other times but it that's around and that's being human and that that's your life and uh it, one lives with that from this freedom the freedom isn't so. That's a, that's a huge thing because that means that um, I can admit to feeling down, you know, and yeah. I, I, I can admit to feeling self-conscious or a failure or frightened, you know, worried about the virus, and you know, and that is to be expected. Uh, but my refuge, therefore, is not in somehow reaching a state where I'm never afraid, because that's not going to happen. It's actually um, bringing my attention here where there is no fear. The fear is out there in the view. Mm. The anxiety is out there, and I'm free of that here. Everyone is, you see. It's not uh, an achievement. And that's the meditation, two-way, two-way meditation, fear to no fear problem to no problem, person to no and uh, it is sort of uh, life will teach you that um, you can't avoid the problems <laughs> you know except here you're free of them you see and that's the meditation is uh, Face to no face, problem to no face. And this is a great resource, of course, you know. Because yeah. um, it's but, important to see the truth and not um, 
be blind to yeah exactly stuff. so yeah. Um, yeah i know so someone who claims that they now have no fear and anxiety i think hmm, good for you what on earth is that like you know <laughs> i don't understand that you know what what does that mean no, no twinge of anxiety at all you know no, no you know not even for your friends you know wow that 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 could be interpreted as very strange <laughs> but it's not my business i don't care really you know uh, but you know the the fact that this openness is so available all the time whenever you look not dependent on how you feel not demanding you behave you know that you don't feel anxious it's it's very kind it accepts you just as you are mm. uh, yeah um is there is there anything you're uh sort of worried about in terms of trends of our society that you think um would be helped by the headless wife well i think that seeing who you are is a remedy for all kinds of things i mean face to no face is a game changer Hmm. Right. Uh, when you're a baby, you were not face to face. You were you were just open, right? Hmm. And growing up, you learn to imagine your face and being behind it. All right, you've got that going. That means you understand you're a person. Uh, but it's only half the story. It's the outside story, and the inside story is you're built open, face to no face. And uh, this is what all the great teachings have been about. Jesus, you know, love your neighbor as yourself because you, your neighbor is yourself, right? Uh, you know, namaste is, is the one in me is the same as the one in you. So th this, this is at the core, you could say it's love. Uh, uh, now, the, here is a, a way of introducing this, which is not asking people to be nice to each other you know to to take on another moral code hmm. it's saying just be honest and look and then see what happens and that means it, it and, and it, you can test it you you look at my face now it's face to no face see that that's not saying now you've got to be nice that's saying what's the truth now see what happens from that you know live the truth don't don't just settle for half the truth, which is, you know, you're aware of what you look like. Settle for the whole truth, which is you're also aware of where you're looking from, which is built open for the other person, which is, is the other person. You know, Jesus had a huge effect. And I would say, because he was aware of this, and he translated it into relationship and said, love your neighbor, love. You know, so Christianity is about love, really. Well, that, you know, people people resonate with that you know, that 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 is meaningful well the headless way is is providing you with a way to that now whenever you're with anyone else be honest and don't lie and see that you're face to no face and as i say it doesn't mean that you have to change your behavior you will change your behavior but it's not now laying down another rule it's saying no yeah. sometimes i feel like people don't even 
know that they they can't really put their finger on the source of sort of an unhappiness with their life, even if, you know, so they're going through the motions as they should be. And, um, but they feel a, a, like a lack of meaning or a lack of connection to something. Yes. And I, th I'd be curious if, because I think you have to kind of want to see um, yes. If, if yes. it would work as well on them or not. Well, you see, I think for some people, they'll say yes straight away. Yeah. But other people um, won't really get it in terms of understanding it. But the more people who say yes to it, the more they carry everyone who isn't quite sure. Sure. Because people want to go along with the crowd. Right. Okay. So that's why right. it's so important to build a movement. Yeah. Well, yes. But the, the, it, it, you see, the way that Douglas sort of showed me and the way that I have followed is not to try and build a movement, really. Okay. It's just to water the root and let it grow. Uh, uh, because the way it will grow organically and naturally will be much better than any planned way. So what you do is you just throw the seeds out all over the place and see what sprouts. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you know it is solid gold. What, you, you know, what, what this is, it is solid gold. You're not, you're not trying to, it's not a business, you're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. You're sharing, the, the, you know, it's totally transparent in a way. And that uh, is powerful. You know, as you can see, people get it. Now, yeah. you know, in a, in a workshop, everyone, you know, it, it's huge mm -hmm. kind of uh, take up. But, um, now, it, the thing is, you know, I, I, I'm glad to have lived this long because I've had uh, as long as this to throw more seeds out. If you, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, and now with the internet and and the more that it, the it kind of strengthens from the ground up, and the more people share it with each other. You see, mm -hmm. so it, it it's got quite a strong grassroots uh, network. Uh, uh, and so it's as if we've been working under the radar for years. Right. Build, you know, uh, not p trying to build, well, uh, yes, both, you know, s serving that. So um, I am I'm hope optimistic because uh, I can see that it's in good shape. And although it's not above the radar, really, and it's not num very big numbers, it's not, that's not so important as the, the authenticity and mm -hmm. the genuine connections between people uh, at this sharing this and uh, so um, but you know you know having said all that one it one just then just let's go and enjoys it for oneself right you know right. and, and uh, uh, and then, of course, that that uh, transmits as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I 
I just really think that um, our society could use something very positive like that that is so accessible to everyone. Well, yeah, that, I mean, exactly. We're, we're trying to shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're doing I everything we can. I think will help you, <laughs> help you out oh, with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. No, um, uh, I was very interested to, to cover it for that reason, too. Um, it's we're, We are, you know, we're, we do believe we've got something incredibly important and fresh and non-traditional in terms of its method of sharing. It's very traditional, traditional the, me the message. But the method is a breakthrough, the experiments. And we're, we're not ashamed of saying that. You know, here is something new mm -hmm. uh, and effective and in line with modern science and the modern age in that way. And, uh, it, you know, you can understand it takes time for people to understand that and uh, accept it but um, yeah we're doing our best <laughs> yeah um, do you think that um, well uh, just wondering if you think that um, our society kind of values um that self development or or honesty well i i don't really think about that yeah you see uh if you've got a blackbird singing in the garden <laughs> it sings its song right it's not worried whether what the other birds are singing <laughs> Uh, so I think we're just singing our song and uh, I think you see I, I tend to uh, I tend to think that you know if you've got a party going on, on in the on the block and there are parties down the road if your party is not very good you'll go down to the other parties and tell them come and to mm -hmm. our party but our party, the Seeing Headless Way party, is so good, we don't have to tell anyone. You know, the music is so good that we just enjoy ourselves and people start coming. You see what I mean? So we're not in the business of, you know, really, you know, we do our best to, to talk to people and to educate people, but we're having such a good time, you know, that... Uh, we we think you know you're kind of mad if you don't you know well we we just <laughs> we've got the best music <laughs> absolutely I think it's great I think that community aspect really makes all the difference it really differentiates it when um I did the workshop and they set up the WhatsApp group it's just um but really you should if you're interested in that yeah drop into some of the Zoom meetings I will have. yeah I just saw those on the website so. Um, but uh, I'll, did, I'll send you the information. Did you get the information about it? Uh, no. no. Could you send? No, I'll yeah. send you the. There's a there's, there's a private page on the website. I only give it to people if they've done the experiments. Oh, okay. And it's it's the information about all the Zoom groups, so you can drop into any of them and and just hang out with people, uh, and 
you, if you're interested in in you know even just from your point of view of doing research yeah uh, you, you you could drop in and see how it works it, yeah know, i'd love to hear what people are saying yeah. in those groups yeah sure. exactly yeah, yeah. and <laughs> talk about our headlessness in coronavirus <laughs> yes all of that all of that um yeah that would be uh that would be perfect Okay. I'll send well, it to you after this. Yes. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else to add? Um, no, I think that was really, really interesting. Um, obviously, it's had a huge impact on um, a lot of people, and I really, I hope the the Sam Harris pot, um, app content goes well. Yes. You have submitted that now. I have done. Okay. <laughs> we will see. We will see. <laughs> we'll look out for your voice on there. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's great. Okay. okay. Um, well, well, a delight to talk to you, Lauren. Yeah. And, uh, hope to see you in some of the Zoom meetings. Yes. When's the next one? Sorry. Oh, uh, there's Friday, Saturday, two on Sunday. Uh, Wednesday, there was one today. So oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, oh. there's, a, there's several each week. Yeah. Time for everyone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>